Exit. Unshackled. Uncouth. What you're about to hear is for mature audiences only. It's Miguel Fuller. Holly O'Connor. And Scotty the Body. It's the Miguel and Holly Uncensored Podcast. Only on Hot 101.5. Hello and welcome to the podcast. We couldn't do it yesterday, but we're here today. Sorry about that. Uh, it's all good. Before we do anything else, I want to get this out because I forgot to do this Friday. Oh. Um, we're going to have uh, So Worker Stacy on tomorrow. Yes. Okay. To do some readings. So if there are a couple of Miguel and Holly fan mems or platypus posse that are open and willing to or wanting to maybe connect, especially during the holidays when I feel like people are really feeling it. Uh, I know my mom on Thanksgiving, she was just going through it, Mm. missing her mom, my grandmother, um, and just it felt really weird for her. So if maybe you're wanting to connect with someone, uh, if you're new to the podcast, that's what Stacey does. She can speak with the dead. Speak on it. Yeah. So uh, just shoot me an email. The first two people will grab you, and we'll do it tomorrow. Uh, Miguel at Hot1015TampaBay.com. Uh, Holly, you had a hectic day yesterday. That's why we couldn't do the podcast, because you had to shoot out of the show yeah. right after we were done for some family stuff. I did, because my mom is not well, like... It's just been this ongoing saga. And at this point, I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. I, and that's, like, where I, I find myself right now. And, I mean, there's other stuff going on in life, too. But, like, this is uh, one of, like, I would say I have three main things. And this is obviously one of the main three. So, back in, like, July, when was it? I got to think when this started. I think it was back in July. Her neurologist, because, okay, to give you the quick backstory if you're not aware, in 2017, my mom discovered this massive brain tumor. It was, like, totally accidental how we discovered this. And they, like, rushed her into surgery. And within, like, a few days of the discovery of said brain tumor, which, by the way, it's a non-cancerous growth called a meningioma. And they're typically very slow growing. And hers was huge. So within, like, three days of her discovering this, she was, like, in surgery, having it removed. And that was just... That was one of those moments in life that there is a before and there's an after. And after, she was never the same person. She just wasn't. Like, she got uh, some of the things back to a semblance of, like, sort of who she was. But I'm telling you, as someone who clearly has known this woman for, like, my whole life, obviously, she's not the same. Yeah. It was just not the same. Um, And so she had, like, lots of difficulties uh, physically, emotionally, and she can't speak as well. She just, just doesn't speak well. And that was they said to me, expected after that first surgery. So she had been struggling with that for a while. Well, then fast forward to this past July, um, her, she has a neurologist that she sees frequently, you know, to keep up with brain stuff. And once she'd gotten that massive tumor removed and like the brain kind of moved back into where it was supposed to be, like we did, we do MRIs pretty much once a year. In 2018, everything looked clear, good. The brain was doing well. And then I guess we skipped out of 2019. (laughs) <laughs> like the doctor we went to yesterday for my mom was like, what happened? I'm like, I don't even know. I'm mm. like, I'm following the neurologist footstep. Like, I yeah. don't know. Someone help me. Like, I don't know. You're the brain doctor. Or this guy is. This different guy. And he's like, ah, it's, it happens. So she went and got an MRI in 2020. And they did tell me at that time that they thought there was a small growth at that time. But don't even worry about it. It's probably nothing. And we were like, all right. Then in July, she had another MRI, July 2021, and they're like, you need to put a neurosurgeon on standby. Mm, And I'm like, 
What? I haven't seen anything. We haven't had an office visit visit with this neurologist since like 2019. And I'm like, can we at least see something? We never did. And then they called me back and they're like, well, let's do another MRI and then we'll put you in touch with a brain surgeon. And I was like, all right, so just wait, schedule an MRI. Like what? That was supposed to be the plan. She was supposed to have an MRI last week or the week before. They called me. And when I say they, I mean Aetna calls me. Sorry, I just name checked the insurance company. That's fine. But they called me and they were like, oh, well, I got some yeah, we can't too. approve this uh, this MRI. So they were like, well, we'll send you paperwork on it. And, the of course, the MRI place is like, well, we can't do it. Sorry. I'm like, okay. All so right. not getting that MRI done. And then um, finally, like through a couple different channels, we got in touch with the neurosurgeon, a new brain surgeon. And we that was why I had to hightail it out of here yesterday because um, – they were, I told them, I'm like, I can't get another MRI. The insurance company denied it. Probably because it's not even been six months since the one in July. Oh. And he's like, oh, well, I'll just use the one in July. So he looked at it. He's like, get her in. So we had to leave. Like, it was like at 11 o'clock yesterday morning. So I couldn't stay. We couldn't do the podcast. Yeah. So we go to this um, brain surgeon's office. I finally see the MRI, the scan from July. I don't know how my mother's body does this. Mm. The thing is fucking huge. Is it? What? Oh, man. Pretty big. I mean, it's not as big as the original one was in 2017. Mm. But in one place, I don't know whether it's talked about, in one place at some point in her brain, it's over three centimeters, which oh. is very big for a brain tumor. Yeah, because that's any pressure that's on the brain yeah. can have severe effects. And what's odd about this is that, you know, we know for sure that it was a meningioma. They are notoriously slow growing. And in 2018, if you'll recall, this was not there. Yeah. Right. So sometime between 2018 when it didn't exist and now yeah. three centimeters. These things, I'm saying when I say slow growing, we're talking like one millimeter a year. Mm. And here we are at three centimeters. Three centimeters. That's right. insane. So we're like, well. Now, the second part of this, and this is just me venting, so let me vent for a minute. Yeah, go ahead. Is I would say starting maybe in like May of this year, I have noticed a decline in my mom. Like I told you, like after 2017, after the long journey of like her recovery from this brain surgery, she'd gotten to like a plateau of okayness. Like could walk the dog, was doing like fine in every other aspect, came down and did laundry once a week. Like I trusted her to be the adult at home with Maya by herself, whatever. Well, I would say like in about May-ish this year, I just noticed that things weren't quite right. And it has continued, and my person has noticed this as well because he has sort of become this secondary, not even secondary, it's me and him, and we're like her caretakers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we've both noticed over the past several months that there has been a steady decline in multiple things. Like she's hugging the wall to walk. Yeah. Like she's bumping into stuff. I got her a cane. She doesn't understand how to use it, even though I've tried to explain to her. So it's not, she doesn't get it quite right. We the she asked our neighbor to come over and drill handles into our door, like our door frame, so she could get in. Which that's a whole different thing. So that um, she gets dizzy when she's shopping. So I'm like, 
well, let us do the grocery shopping for you, which she did once. And then she's like, but I just like to look. And I'm like, well, mm. and then she's like, let me get in one of those carts that you can sit and do. And I'm like, no. Zipping oh, no. around and start running into stuff. Right. I'm like, that's all. That sounds like a great idea, but I don't think it is because yeah. you don't understand how to use it. And you're not going to like, I just, I see this happening. Yeah. So um, anyway, and then like a mentally and emotionally, it's a lot. Like, she'll have, like, the... I, If you recall, I did this story in Trending in Tampa, like, Hot and Trending, where there was a TikTok dog, and it's, like, an old pug, and the owner picks yeah. it up, mm. and if it falls down, it's a no-bones day. Right. And if it stands up, it's a bones day. I have now taken, been, like, taken to referring to my mom's days as bones or no-bones days. Yeah. Mm. And I would say they're more no-bones days, where she wakes up, she looks ragged like right. looks like she's been through it she's not sleeping well she forgets to eat she mm. i was in her kitchen and she's got like a garbage bag that she had tied up and kept at the bottom then there's some trash then there's another garbage bag and i'm just like the fuck is this like so i'm just it's difficult when you don't know what to do and you're trying to do your best right so i tell the doctor this yesterday i'm like she's not doing well and he's like, okay, so tell me what that means. We went through the whole thing of it. And he's like, do you have any tingling in your arms or legs? Especially because this tumor, this new tumor is on the right. Everything in the brain happens opposite. Yeah. So like the right side of your brain impacts the left side of your body. He's like, specifically on the left side, do you have weirdness in your pain, tingling, numbness in your arms and legs? No. And she doesn't. Mm. If she ever complains of anything, it's on the right side. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. He's like, okay, so see where this tumor is he's showing me. He's like, mainly this impacts things like uh, your motor strip or, like, things that would impact you physically on your arm and, and leg or whatever. And I'm like, okay, no, no, don't have that. But, like, the emotions and the mood and, like, the forgetting to eat mm. and um, I'm listing all these other things, the stuff that we're having the most trouble with. And he's like not really impacted by this tumor and i'm like oh what does that mean oh no okay well so the outcome of the doctor's visit yesterday at least i saw the thing we have a new brain surgeon hooray um and he's like it was probably within six months so maybe you can get an approval for a new mri in january That'll be six months. He's like, get the new MRI in January, and I want to see her back here in February because we got to see what has happened between July and now with this tumor. Is it getting bigger? I kind of think it probably might be. Uh, or is it stabilized? What is it doing? So I'm like, that's what we left with. We're getting an MRI in January, seeing this doctor again in, in February. I already have the appointment. So but as we go home, my person and I like put my mom back upstairs. He gets her lunch, and we have the two of us get back together in our kitchen and we're like, well, what the fuck is this? Mm. I'm like, where is this coming from? Right. And I'm like, these are dementia symptoms. This mm. is what these are. But like, no one has even said anything about this potential diagnosis. Right. Like she had a memory and cognition test, which is like a 30 minute, like Q and a type of thing with her neurologist I think this summer, mm -hmm. maybe even in the fall, I think I messaged you guys about it. Yeah. And although it was a little rough, once we were done, they were like, okay, well, you're within the normal bounds. And I'm like, this is, to me, this is not 
fucking normal. You're like, something is not right here. Right. And I'm like, if it's not this tumor, then I don't know what it is. And mm. then I'm like, okay, so in my mind, we're going to have to ha- have this come out via surgery. There's right. not many options. The options are wait and see, radiation, which she really doesn't qualify, not really, because it's kind of too big for that now. Um, And so I'm like, I'm trying, to be- I'm trying to do the best I can. Right. But it just sucks because every day is like a battle mm-hmm. where you don't know what she's going to wake up like. It's impacting our household. It's impacting me as a human and as a daughter who doesn't even recognize her mother anymore. And it's impacting my kid. Like, my mom, yesterday, right before this doctor's appointment, had this massive blow-up because Maya's dad came to pick her up for school and knocked on the door, woke my mom up, and she came downstairs. She, This is the epitome of she woke up and chose violence. Oh. Like, she woke up. Maya was, like, late. My person's like, you need to hurry up because when your dad comes, you got to be ready to get out the door. And... My mom turned to my person and was like, you're terrible, like screaming. And he's like, I have never seen her like that before. And she was like screaming at him. She's like, you leave Maya alone. And I'm like, and she's like, Maya doesn't need to take her time or hurry up. And Maya's like, actually, I I do have to I I gotta gotta go. go, I know. And she's like, my mom is yelling at my person. And like, it just turned into like this huge thing. Later on, she's like acting like nothing happened. So I had to sit her down and be like, I heard what happened today. I know maybe you were a little startled with the door knock, but you can't do that. Like, that's not appropriate. Can't scream it at people. And she's like, well, I was just really, I just didn't know what was going on. I'm like, okay, that's fine. What's not fine when you don't know what's going on is to scream at people. Mm. So I'm like, just, I don't know. Right. I don't know. And so what I think is going to happen is... We'll get this MRI in January. Whatever it shows, I'm guessing brain surgery is going to have to be an outcome. Oh. And I don't even know what's going to happen after that. Yeah, mm. what's that look like? Also, quick little side tangent, my brother's getting married in March. Oh. Uh. So my mom is like, well, we're not doing anything before that. And I'm like, okay, gotcha. Oh, my gosh. So I just, that's oh. happening in Ohio? Yeah, in Ohio. <laughs> ah! I'm t- when I tell you all of the things in my life are happening all at once, always, yeah. it's just like stuff and things. So it is a season right now mm. that it's uh, like I always say, the clouds are gathering for I, something. I agree. And I one of my friends calls it being in the shoot. Mm. Which I guess is like a racing term or like some sporting term, something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like when you're about to go. I think it's right. when like the horse yeah, is in the, the box horse is waiting there mm-hmm. for the horse race. Like they're in the chute and they're nervous energy because they're that thing is about to lift and they're about to go race. Uh, I feel like I've been in the chute since like October. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's a, long a time. gathering, gathering, gathering. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I've been in the chute for more than that. But like the actual chute, chute, right? Where it's like it's now time. it's about to go down. No, yeah. I definitely feel that. It right? just it feels like. I'm because I felt like for 2020, like life just stopped and it was just like quiet. And it was like nice at first to just be able to like sit and reflect and breathe. And then like 2021, things started to like heat up at Mm -hmm. the beginning of the year. And it was just like, and then like I felt it Mm because I remember saying that in like the spring, summer, I was like, I feel like something's happening. Like I just this, the clouds are gathering and then now it's just like, it's 
come to a thunderous uh, apex of a climax of something where it's like, well, some shit's about to go down. Yeah. I just don't know what it is. There's just all these things that are, it's like, I feel like it's a house of cards where it's like all these things are precariously sitting on top of one another, both in my personal life and with my mom and with work. And like, I just, I'm like, when does it end? How does it end? I feel like it's ah, the Truman Show right. almost. Right. What's going to happen? Right. What's I don't know. Part of it is exciting. Part of it is scary. Part of it is just the anticipation is so great. I just want it to end. I think one of the craziest things about getting older and having to make big decisions is like there's so much more at stake now. Mm. You know, like I remember when I had to make the decision when I was in Savannah right after college and I was working, making just basically I was making less than what you were making, Scott, when you were part time. Oh, like that's God. how much I was making. I was full time and had benefits. <sighs> and I was miserable at that job. And I remember sending out just hundreds of what we call air checks, it's like an on air resume. And I sent it to, I was just, trying to get anywhere. I even, like, had a second interview with Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Like, I was just ready to fucking get out. And I remember when the opportunity popped up in Panama City to finally be with Holly and Kramer, who we've talked about in the past. Um, Like, our then-boss, Chris Allen, was like, it's part-time, no guarantee that you'll be full-time. You'll be doing the morning show. You'll be doing the night show. You'll be my assistant. You'll be doing this, and uh, we're not giving you any moving money. And I was like, let's go. (laughs) And I just, like, dove. You're like, okay, that sounds great. Right. I don't know how I even had money to move. Like, I don't even know how I made it happen. I don't know. I I honestly don't know. I I had nothing, like zero. Um, But, like, it was so thrilling because literally I was like, well, if something happens, like, I'll move in with a friend in Atlanta. Like, Mm. I don't know. I'll just figure it out because I didn't have anything to my name, really. Right. And so now there are decisions that have to be made where there are other people. There are houses and yeah. cars and things and it's just like, families. Like actual, like not play money. Like right. Like real money. Like real money at Humans' stake. lives that you're responsible yeah. for. It's just crazy. It's real nuts. Um, I don't even know. I mean, I really, I really give myself a big old pat on the back because I'm like, damn, girl, you're doing this. Yeah. Yes, not, you should. Maybe not well, but I don't know how much more well I could do it. Right. So I'm giving myself that I'm doing the best I can. And I, that's what all we can do in life is that day by day, you just have to say, all right, what can I do right now to better my situation or to escape from the situation? Because I feel like that's something that I've been sort of working through over the past few months. That stuff has gotten crazy Mm. is realizing that I don't always just have to like bear down and like just be beaten up every day and like just sit in the crazy. Like if I need to just escape and turn my phone off and go read a book or go get a massage and just ignore life for a little bit. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. yeah. That, well, not only is that okay, that is self-care. Yes, right. it is. It, unplugging yourself, which a friend of mine yesterday was like, what are you doing for yourself? I'm like, ha! Uh, who? Ha! Hi. But, I mean, like, things I even don't want to do. Like, for example, today after we get f- finished with this, I have a hair appointment that I have thought multiple times about canceling, but I'm like, I got to go. 
Mm. Because part of, like, thank goodness we have this job necessarily, because part of what I feel like is my responsibility as part of my job is to at least keep myself not looking raggedy. (laughs) So if that means I got to go get something done with my hair every six to eight weeks, that's what it means, and that's what I'm going to do, and that is solely for me. A little bit for my job, but also me. So I got to do it, and I'm forcing myself to. Oh, absolutely. Scott, how are you? How, how are you? Man, mine does not compare to any of y'all's. What the heck? No, I'm, just... I'm glad. Please, God. We do not all need to be going no. through it in the same time. And I'm like, I thought about you, Scott, yesterday because I was having a tough moment. And I thought to myself, you know who I'm glad for? Scott Tavlin. Oh, stop. Uh, Scott's been through some shit. It's not like you've never been through shit. You've been through so much. And for you, again, all at once, right? Mm-hmm. Last year. Yes. In my heart, I feel like even though you're very busy, you appear to be doing fairly well with it. Like, you're handling it as best as you can, and you're in this relationship with your girlfriend, Monica. Yes. yes. And I feel like good for you for being in this section of your life where you're just really responsible for yourself. Yeah. I'm glad about the fact that you at least seem like you're more in control of your own destiny. Uh, yeah, I think that's an interesting way. I was just telling somebody yesterday, I was like, I think, you know, this whole year has kind of just felt like it's, uh, it's probably been my most just kind of blah ever. Like, I've worked a lot. I've done a lot of, like, just you do. You're busy. work all over the town. But it hasn't been any, like, crazy, crazy moments, crazy adventures, crazy goals that have been accomplished. It's kind of just been there. And at first, I was kind of getting, like, down on myself because I was like, damn it, like, you just, like, don't waste a year but at the same time, it was kind of like you just said, like, there's so much. It was almost like, man, you need to take a rest and just take a breath, like, kind of get through for just right now. We have right to understand, now. like, there's ebbs and flows. Yes. Right? And, and like, a- life cannot move at the pace that, you know, like, you, you can't, and you're not wasting a year. You're learning about yourself. You're doing things. You are discovering and you and Monica are discovering yourself together. Like, there's a lot that is happening, even yeah. though it doesn't look big and splashy. Yeah, I think that's the difference I have to remind myself. is It's not this big, crazy, accomplishing year. It was more of like a down year to kind of just sit and, like, catch a breath and reflect on things. And I think at this point, like you just said, like, I think I've maintained pretty well. But I will say, honestly, I think the wheels are starting to come off a little bit. And I got to get back to, like, you know, taking care of myself. What do you mean? Well, I just, I just, I noticed myself going through those, like, the same kind of, like, dips that I was going through in the beginning of the year. And, like, I, we talked about a little on the podcast where I go in these deep, just sad thoughts. And I go and I think about all the things that have happened and the losses that I've had. And I just, there's so, like, there's long periods of time where it doesn't bother me. But then when the, sometimes it hits and it's just, it feels like literally nothing matters. And mm-hmm. that's those scary moments where I'm like, gosh, I got to get back into therapy because, I just need somebody to talk about with this. Like, it just feels like for some times there's nobody to go to, nobody to turn to, to talk about it because it is deep and it's sad. And it's like, I don't want to put this on friends. And sometimes I don't feel like, you know, family is the right person to turn to. But you know what I've actually been in? Like, I thought about recently. It's like, I think the one thing that gets me down a lot is like, I feel like I'm always the one to reach out to people. And not in a way of like, I need help, but just like, I got to initiate conversation and sometimes that affects me when I think about it. I'm like, damn it, why doesn't anybody fucking call me? Mm-hmm. This is just kind of me, like, ex- like uh, figuring out where my thoughts are at. Yeah. I was thinking about that the other day where I was like, man, I love my family. 
Like, they, I just, it's weird because when you're looking in on somebody's life, like, they always think I'm so busy, and I am, but I'm like, you can call me, though, and I'll, I'll answer. But, like, it's always on me to call or, like, and, like take charge of things. It's been a really weird year for that. Mm. Like, taking charge of my own, as you said, destiny. Yeah. But I've had to take charge of it in different ways that I didn't expect, like planning holidays, planning vacations, planning dinners, planning times for my family to get together. And it's really weird. Like, and I thought about that when we had Thanksgiving at my house, and I was sitting there in the kitchen, and I, I actually had a moment where I was like, if I don't do anything, nothing happens. Mm. Like, this all doesn't come together. The food doesn't literally get heated and plated and put on the damn table. And it's just, ah, like, that part really, that sucked. That hurt. Because yeah. I was like, fuck, man. Like, I miss, I guess, in my bubble, I thought I had, like, a really well-rounded, like, reality of, like, a pretty good structured family. And, like, I was thinking about this a couple minutes ago. I was like, damn it. Holy crap. I have a misfuck. Like, my family's a little dysfunctional. And it's weird to realize that. Isn't it hard? It's hard when you real like, it. it's like you unplugged from the Matrix, right? Yeah. You and see I'm the reality. Everything. You do. And when you realize certain truths about your family, some that may be very difficult to come to, and you, you see yourself in a different light in the placement of your family and you're like I don't really particularly like this new real I don't like being out of the matrix I liked being in it yeah I thought I really it was did. one way and I don't really like the way that it is yeah. I think that happens a lot like in your mid 20s when you finally start to see your family members for like who they are as adults mm. and not uh, like not who you looked up to and you start to see their flaws because Everybody's family's dysfunctional, but you don't realize it until you start to understand, you know, that Aunt Susie maybe drinks a little bit more than, you know, everyone always laughed at Christmas. But then you're like, oh, Aunt Susie has a problem. Or you realize that, you know. And maybe that problem impacts Aunt Susie's kids in way different ways than you ever thought. Right. And so I think that's one of, that's one of the shitty parts about getting older is when you realize the flaws of your family and you realize that it's not this picture perfect image that your parents painted for you that they tried to protect you from that they tried to make it seem like everything is fine and everything is normal and we're this great family and it's like yes you are great in your own ways but it's it's reality and I think that's something that I think our culture is moving towards is finally like there are no such thing as the Leave It to Beaver, you know, yeah. the home improvement, all those shows we grew up with, with the mom and the dad and the two kids and the dog and everything is great. Like, everybody's family's fucked up, no matter what it is. I mean, even lately, like, I've had some fan members, Platypus Posse members, slide up in the DMs and be like, oh, so this is going on in my life. And, like, you look at their Instagram and, like, it looks like the most perfect, picturesque life. But, like, nobody has that. But it still sucks when you realize that that's your reality. Yeah. Yeah. It does. And it it took me into my 30s. I was very oblivious. I was raised to be oblivious. I was raised to be very, I was very sheltered. I didn't, I wasn't supposed to ask questions, which is why I think I'm so curious as an adult. And this happened in my 20s. I was always just curious about everything. Because I couldn't really question anything as a kid. But it took me into my 30s to figure out all this shit that you're talking about. Mm. And I feel like the older you are when you start to have the realizations, the more difficult it is to change. 
because you get rooted in the way that it was. Um, and it's so, it's just so weird when you realize you are an adult and it's your responsibility now to do things. Yeah. That, like that part, like it literally, like I literally look at my family now. I'm like, oh my God, like it's, it's hard. Like as I probably told y'all behind the scenes, like I feel like the little piece of glue in the middle. That's like keeping everything together. Like I remember like growing up, like my family, like upcoming holidays, like this is going to be a weird one because, you know, we used to always go to like North Carolina to visit my mom's family. Mm -hmm. And that was the thing. That was just what the family did. Or for Thanksgiving, we'd go down and see my other grandma. And it's like, okay, well, she's passed. My mom's passed. So now it's like I still have my mom's family, but like we don't all go. Last year, I was the only one to go. This year, my brother's going, but my dad's not going. Yeah. And I'm like, it just doesn't feel right anymore. It's just now it's just like this scattered pick and choose game, which I just, I hate. Mm-hmm. I really don't like it. And it's, it's just bothersome because I'm like, damn it. Like back in the day, it would just be so easy. I knew like I'd get everybody together, but now I got to pick and choose like who I see when I see them. And it's just, it's much harder to have that feel of like one tight knit like family. Cause there's just so many pieces missing now. And it's, it's somebody had to be the one to kind of like continue to piece it together. Mm-hmm. But I think I get the feeling sometimes if I don't put in work, I'm going to lose people in my life. And that goes for friends and family. Like, there's definitely friendships I have right now where, like, I'm like, I'm getting pissed off at them because I'm like, dude, like, we were talking every day. And now you got, like, dude, okay, like, we don't need to talk. That's cool. Like, do you? But it just feels weird if, like, I was there for everything you needed and then all of a sudden, nothing? Mm. Now that you got, okay, like, I just... All right. It's weird. It's just a weird transitioning time. And I just, I don't like being the only one that's always putting in work for relationships, either family or friends. And I'm just, I feel like I'm at a point where I just have to start making choices where it's like, either I'm going to continue putting in work, or I'm just going to wait. And I don't know how long I want to wait for. Yeah. I think when it comes to your family, it's, you get to like sort of make your own reality sometimes where you can choose, do you want to be the person that put stuff together or do you want to like make your own new family and i guess Mm. like as a gay person like that's something that i so many of us that's why holly you know has always made fun of me because like wherever we've like moved i like instantly it's like how do you have like all these people that you like roll deep with and that you run with it happens the reason i say that is because it happens real real fast right it's like boom and that's because like gay people usually as soon as we leave for high school we leave after high school we're ready to form our new our new family because we want to truly be ourselves and even like my family when i go home like i told abe i'm like you're going to see me like you've never seen me before like even with your family cuz your family knows me as miguel's partner or abe's partner and they like see me on social media with the radio show and all this stuff but like my family still don't really know me that way and so when i go home like i'm quiet i literally only speak unless i'm spoken to and so I decided a long time ago that I would create my own family wherever I go. And so that's how I have, you know, here in in Tampa Bay and in Panama City and in Savannah and college. And so you can choose that if you want to be that person that puts it together. But it's okay if you don't want to be that person. Yeah. I mean, it's just. If you feel like it's a burden. Yeah. It's not even a burden. I think it's just the scary thing is like, I guess I realized like all of a sudden my family went from like "Eh, normal size to like, I got a small ass family now. Like, I could fit them, like, within two hands, I could count everybody on my family. 
And like that part's just wild because yeah. the majority of my family lives in another state. So I'm like, ah. For someone who has grown up only knowing that and loving that, right. to suddenly not have it is, Hard. that's like a mind fuck. Yeah, yeah, it really was. I think it all just comes down to like I became like kind of like a, a centerpiece where like I wasn't. Like my mom was the one that kept us all connected. Everybody in line, everything was happening, what were the updates between families. And now it's like, ah, no anchor, nobody mm-hmm. in the center. Who's the most talkative that could actually get everybody back to get, like, connected? Me. Yeah. I'm like, ha. Ah. And you didn't ask for that role. No, I didn't expect it at this. It just, there's things happening and you realize people are getting older and there's only, like, again, like, limited time. And you're like, oh, crap. Okay. I know. What do I want to do with this time? And that's why it's like, okay, it's just, it, this holiday season is just going to be weird coming up. It's like, I'm going to go see family up there, but I also got to make time to see my dad because he's not going. And yeah. then, like, how am I going to get that time? And then on top of it, do I get any time to go visit friends in the long run of it? Mm, and in your early 20s, that's a, such a difficult conversation to have. And so you're dealing with something that you shouldn't have had to deal with because you lost your mom so young. Like, that that's not something that someone in their 20s like you should have to deal with. That's like an older person's situation. Right. So not only are you have to dealing with that, but you have the normal stuff that comes along with it. Like... In the, I would say a normal part of these early 20s that's confusing and kind of sucks is who of the friend group do we still see? Is, who's Gosh, breaking apart? Like, yeah. is it family? Is it friends? Like, how do I do this? But So you're dealing with all of that, which is difficult. Oh, yeah, that's a pain in the ass right now. And the other heavier stuff of having lost your mom. Yeah. So that's the, the weird transition. So it's like now I think like last year was just kind of like so much like blank, like just kind of like numb going through it. And then this year it's actually starting to all come to a full circle where it's like, oh, wow, like this is this is now the reality. As you talked about, Holly, earlier, mm-hmm. like there was a then and there's a now and the difference, and you saw it within your mom. And it's like that was literally like how I looked at this year. I was like, oh, my God, like this is the new reality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we had that, and now this is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And still trying to figure it out. But I think just to – plant it won't give you any comfort but it's something to just sort of because no one ever told me this back then is the friends that you may be frustrated with now because maybe you know they met someone new or they got a new job or there's something that's taking them away from the normal pace of your friendship that person will probably be in your life forever. Yeah. And that's something that one of my friends, John, had a hard time with when we all left college is because we were all around each other all the time. And then as we all splintered off and moved to different places and we didn't call and check up on each other all the time because life happens and you start to get more responsibilities and you can't always you know, my first forethought isn't always to call and check in on a friend because I'm just trying to, like, get through the day with whatever's happening. Yeah. Um, but when that person calls, I'm like, I'm here. Let's talk. I'm attentive. I'm listening. And I want to know everything. But you can always pick up where you left off. That's true. And it's like no time has passed. Like I said, it won't give you any comfort now. But just know that, like, those will be the people that, will be the people in your wedding, will be the people that when you're going through tough times in the future and you don't know who to talk to and you're like, oh, my God, I'm so I just need to vent. Oh, my God, let me call this person who I haven't talked to in six months. And it's okay because you have that relationship and it'll be fun to them to, like, hear the updates in your life, 
even when it comes to like the really hard times, you know? Yeah, that's true. That is a reminder because it is one of those like pick up where you like, you yeah. know, you just left off even though it could have been a couple weeks, couple Man, months. I love those relationships. Yeah. I don't have, I, I, it's hard for me to n- not have those types because I don't have the capacity. And I was going to say to you, like, I know it's super frustrating for you to be the reacher outer, but it, and this not goes for everybody, but for someone like me, most of my friends are the reacher outers. <laughs> I'm yeah. the worst because uh, I don't know of the way I am, like my constitution of, of humanness. I don't know what it is. Like I would like to reach out to people more often, but I often don't. And I couldn't even really tell you why. There's probably mm. a lot of different reasons, but it all culminates into I'm not the reacher outer. Mm. And I usually end up just feeling bad that my friends are always the one that have to reach out. Um, but I'm so glad that they do because it's not that I don't want to like continue a friendship with them. I do desperately. I'm just a person that doesn't do it as like as much. Mm. So if they eventually get sick of my shit and they leave, I'm sad. But and like I'll really try and get my like get my shit together and reach out more often. It'll probably fall away though because I I'm not built for that. And I've come to understand that about myself. And if someone is like if you're never going to reach out to me, we can't be friends. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I understand that. And I'm not mad about it. Like, do I want to continue to be your friend? Absolutely. But I can't be the friend that you need. So I would rather not hurt you. And that's okay. Like, I'm okay mm. with that. I do reach out sometimes. But I'm t- the people that I see most often, hang out with most often, they basically have to pull me out. Mm, and I'm yeah. thankful for them. I'm so thankful for them. So I, I don't know. I don't think that your friend, like some people are just dicks and they're like, I'm not going to hang out with you. So there's lots of reasons why people do it. But sometimes a person like me is just weird. And thank you no, for I'm being good. the person that reaches out. It's good to know, though. It's, that's a great reminder. It's like some people do just kind of wait. Because I used to be like that, too. Like, okay, I'm just going to wait, wait, wait. And I was like, wait, let me kind of just, I'll, I'll put myself out there because you may have life and I'm thinking about it right now. And not having that thought of like, well, because like so long growing up, I always had like that imposter like of like, or like intruder syndrome. Where mm. I'm like, oh, I don't want to invite myself or step into your phone call or step into your life. Where I'm like, wait, no, nah, I don't really worry about that so much anymore because the people in my circle, like, you know love each other and never would be a problem just kind of walk up and be like yo what up you good quick text and so that's a good reminder yeah i just just keep doing it like you'll i think you'll know eventually you'll know by like if you reach out and people don't follow through and you know they're slow to respond they're not like hitting you back you it may be a very subtle thing but you'll notice it and be like Maybe they're not in a place where they can continue this relationship right now. So that's the people that you don't have to expend any more energy on. Yeah, mm-hmm. put it on let pause. Them do what they're, mm. Let them deal with their shit. That's okay. Mm. But, like, for the most part, I keep up when the people that reach out to me reach out to me. Right. Like, it might take me a second. And when I say that, I mean, like, within a day, like a 24-hour period. But I'm going to get back to you. Yeah. Like, I will get back to you. But I'm just not. And I, I feel bad guilty about the way that I am but I'm trying to remind myself that this is who I am Mm. and it sucks probably (laughs) that's just that maybe that's one of my um what do they call it my character flaws Mm. or whatever it is 
Like, I'm not a good reach around. But, I mean, I, I feel like it's sort of like a love language where it's like, you know, as soon as, you know, one of my friends, like, I think about my friend Corey, who, like, in the years since we've lived together in college, like, I don't think I've ever called her out of the blue to say hi. Oh. But when she calls me, I'm like, how's your husband? How are the chickens? How's <laughs> the baking? You like, chickens? I want to know about everything. Yeah. But, like, I just, like Holly said, like, I usually my mind is focused on, like, what are we doing with the show? Because uh, I got a four-hour thing to fill every day. And so my my mind is, is filled with that. And then, you know, as I've gotten older and, you know, now with a partner and household and all that other stuff, like, now my mind is even more populated. And I'm sure, because they're probably going to have a kid here very soon, like, her calls will be less and less. So then it's like I'll have to remind myself to be like, hey, let me just call Corey and just check in really quick, you know? Oh, yeah. So it's sort of like a give and take of, like, how it is. It's, it's like the, the, the love language of things. Like, I know, you know, how Abe and I work. Like, he's never going to just, like, during the day be like, hey, honey, how are you? <laughs> but I know that, like, when he gets home, he has, like, a whole list of things. He's ready. That he needs to get off his chest. Oh, but yeah. he's not someone that wants to communicate throughout the day because he's on top of a roof. Yeah. You know? Well. It makes it difficult. It does. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know we all have friends. Well, this is maybe a little different for Scott. But, like, some of my best friends in college, like, my, I would consider her my college best friend, my roommate for three years. I barely hear from that bitch. I don't text her either. But when I do, we're right back at it. Mm. And, like, if she's having, like, she had, like, a very intense situation in her marriage. And she texted me a lot within the span of a couple weeks. And we talked through it. And then when it sort of helped resolve itself, silence again. Was I mad? Not even a little bit. Like, we both have the understanding that, like, we're still, if I had some dire need and the only person that I knew could help me was her, and I called her at 2 in the morning, bitch would answer. Right. Like, it's that thing. It sounds cliche, very cliche to say that. But some friends in your life, they're that way. Yeah. I have another friend from college. She reaches out on a fairly consistent basis at least once every three weeks-ish. Where and, it, and what's cool is that it's usually something silly. Like, she texted me the other day, and she's like, oh, fuck, I missed it. She's like, hey! Did you see they're doing a boy band Christmas special on Monday? It's on CBS. <laughs> Did you know? I'm like, actually, I, I didn't know. She's like, tape it. I'm like, okay. All right. Tape. Set, the, set the DVR. Tape it. Get the VHS out. <laughs> tape it. Rewind She's like, tape. do it. And then uh, whatever. And I was, that was it. Then I won't hear from her for like another three weeks, but there are these little like things. And I'm like, I'm in it with her. But and every now and then I try to remind myself, if something reminds me of her, send it immediately. That way she knows I'm still over here. But I'm not gonna have yeah, a conversation. Like we're not. I'm I'm busy. That makes <laughs> sense like, so though. So much shit going on on the day to day. That those little things. Because I was just thinking about like like I have a group of friends. Like right now we have like this. It's not a fantasy football league, but it's kind of similar where you like pick the winners and everything like that. Yeah. And I think about people that it's like obviously I would not normally be talking to mm-hmm. on this normal of a basis. But every week we always have this chat. We go back and forth. With, like ten of us. Yeah. All just about. And again, I'm you know. About one common thing. It's just one common thing, whether it's like books, movies. This time it's actually just picking winners of football and just talking smack to each other on the thing. But yeah. it's just kind of funny of like, ah, these are the things that get put in place yeah. to kind of keep you just chatting about things. Yeah, they keep that little invisible string between you strong. Ah, weird. I know, I know. It's and so on, on behalf up, of all the people who do not reach out first, I'm sorry. Ah, I really okay. am sorry. I don't know what I can do to make myself not be this person, (laughs) but please have patience. Well, I mean, it makes, like, it's just, you 
especially after hearing everything that's happening in life, it's like, ah. Right. I that makes sense. I don't, I, I love you and I want to stay connected to you. It might not be in the way that best suits you in your love language. Mm. And for that, I am you. sorry. I ain't going to text you. What? Shut up. Sorry, I ain't got time. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, what's your social media? At Scott Tavlin, S-C-O-T-T-T-A-V-L-I-N. Holly? Hey, so it's Radio Holly on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. Mine is Miguel Fuller, M-I-G-U-E-L-F-U-L-L-E-R. You can find me everywhere on all the social media platforms. With that, if you enjoy the podcast, please leave us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us a lot. If you don't like it, well, shut the fuck up. Oh, wow. Nobody wants to hear from you. No, you don't have me on either. (laughs) We ain't going to reach out to you. I doubt if you hate this podcast, you've made it this long into it. No, no, for sure not. Yeah, bye. Well, thank you so much for listening. And tomorrow we'll be back uh, with Soul Worker Stacy. Okay. We'll see you then.